What's up, Fan Bros? This is your boy DJ Ben Amin, and on this episode of Fan Bros Show, we welcome Jamie Broadnax of Black Girl Nerds to discuss everything that's going on with her. We also speak about the Emmy Awards, and Kim Sonian says why Star Trek sucks. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek. And it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. the Butcher of Names, the Internet's Petey Green, Kevin Bacon of the Internet, the hip-hop William Shatner. I said Internet. I was going to say I did. <laughs> that I did. I mean, that's what I do on Fan Bros Show. I use the Internet all the time. I mean, you can be an Internet of the Internet. There you know, we go. Instead of an astronaut, there you're we an go. Internet. There we go. I am the world's first Internet. <laughs> like that. And as you hear on the spaceship tonight on Fan Bros Show, we have joining us, as always, Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Black Russian, Black Road, the Stiletto Stunner, and the Mastermind. Nice. And returning, since we don't have Chico Leo, it is the one and only Space Ghost producer himself. Kimsonian, a.k.a. the Black Chico Leo. Nice, nice, nice. Chico Leo is the white Dallas Penn. That's right. (laughs) And Dallas Penn is the black Chico Leo. No, no, no. no. I'm the black black Chico Leo. There's no fake Dallas Penn. Okay, there we go. Shout out Dallas. Shout out to Dallas Penn, of course. Kimsonian in the building. That's right. And Star Trek is whack. Wow, we're just trying to start off like that. No, no, no. That's just my sign-in. Okay. I'm just just letting the, the world know. Like, from Jump, the premise of Star Trek is toilet. Wow, my we're gonna, blood is boiling. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. I'm trying to get a rise, you know. But I, anyway, obviously, you already did. Uh, like I said before, this is Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek, where we tackle all the topics that matter to the urban geek out there, to everyone out there in the internets. Thank you for listening, for checking us out, Kimsonian. What is going on, man? I hear you got some news from our, you know, a communique from another spaceship. I think we need to do a little role play for this one, Ben. You down to do that? I'm down. I'll put on the mask like it's part of the interruption. Okay. All right. Oh, hello, Ben. Please, come in. Uh, hi, Sith Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ben. Please have a seat. There's some very important things I must discuss with you. All right. What do you have to discuss, sir? It is regarding your Fambro's apprenticeship. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting on this news. It seems like you're at the end of your rope, Ben Hamid. Oh, oh, that wasn't the news I was looking forward to. Yes, it's no easy way to put this, Ben. But uh, I believe the Fambro show will be transitioning into another atmosphere. Ah, man, that wasn't the deal you guaranteed us from the start, Sith Overlord. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. That was that was code for saying that we have a limited time. To keep doing the show here. Wow. Like, you mean limited time to keep doing the show or to keep doing it here in this spaceship? In this particular spaceship, Mm. we have limited time. So Mm. we have to find a new spaceship, find an escape pod. Mm -hmm. We can do Millennium Falcon style, Mm. meaning we can be constantly wandering, looking for a new port. Or, you know, I don't know what other corny ass sci-fi metaphors I could use. (laughs) 
<laughs> Basically, what you're saying is that the Fan Bros Show, although we are super popular within our community, needs to expand its reach. We're not getting the love from the worldwide web people, everything, internets, folks on the street. That's one of the things, but that's a larger thing. I think basically I would say that the lease is up. Ah. The lease is up in this particular spaceship. Mm. So I don't know what that means, actually. I mean, we're just going to have to figure out a way to keep the show going on a weekly basis. Um, This was the communique I received from our dark overlord. Ah, shout out to our Sith overlord. I don't like it. And his apprentice, Darth Raz. Darth (laughs) Raz. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it is what it is. You know, like I said before, Fanbro's show, I know all you out there love us. I want to thank everyone who's been supporting the show, coming through, hitting us on Twitter, walking up on us on the street. Shout out to Boss Struck, Jay Cyanide, and Meow Manifesto. I ran into all them over the weekend at various different places, Mm. and they all told me how much Fanbro show means to them and so it was really crazy to get that kind of love when you're just walking through the streets of brooklyn you know and whatnot but you know we need more like you know i I feel like we are doing the best job of being the voice of the urban geek i think we are one of the best podcasts out period Mm, there we go period regardless of genre regardless of topic whatever we are one of the best podcasts out in the land and if i sound like a little bit like kanye west oh well but we take this seriously. Yeah. Tatiana West. Yeah, definitely. I, we take it very seriously. You know, we put a lot of work, a lot of effort into this show, you know, bringing you all kind of crazy guests, you know, all kind of great banner between our host. And, you know, it takes a lot, man. But we need y'all to go out there. I feel like, you know, we're like in the beginning, like um the Walking Dead comic book. Like mm. I was I was reading the Walking Dead from the very first issue. You know, it's a black and white comic. It's independent. It came out on Image, a small publisher. Well, not, you know, not the smallest, but a smaller publisher. And I remember, you know, Robert Kirkman, the author, would be in the letters pages like, yo, please tell your friends about this book because we might get canceled. And I got such great plans for this book and I don't want it to get canceled. Right. And then, you know, a few months later, he'd be like, yo, we're doing well. You know, we're not going to get canceled. I can, you know, at least finish the year out. And then it'd right. be like, all right, we got enough. We're, you know, we're good. We're rolling second year. And then third year, it's like, oh, they're talking about a TV show. You know, in the fourth year, he's like, I'm f- rich, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, maybe mine is the rich part, but that sounds like Fan Bro Show. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, we're, we're before that fourth year right now, so I yeah. want to get to that fourth year so I can be like, yo, Fan Bros, I'm rich. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, Thanks, guys, you know. But right now, I can't say that. So, you know, we need people to tell their friends about Fan Bros. You know, hit us on Twitter when you're listening. You know, Instagram it. You know, like us on Facebook. We need, we need full reach out like from everyone yes social media tweet us we're gonna give you a phone number to call us call call the sith overlord and tell him how wrong he is tell him and tell all these people all these naysayers why we are here to stay and we'll continue to expand and we are continue to be the best podcast one of the best podcasts out there word up yeah definitely you know we are on the loudspeakers network with the combat chat show brilliant idiots the read all kind of great in the mix with Shum, all kind of great podcasts. But, you know, we're one of the best, and we just need a little bit more love, you know, some hugs. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, just, just, just. Yeah, I don't want to make this like a sad event at all. <laughs> like, because to be honest, Fan Bros is going to keep going. Bottom line, we are not stopping. Yep. We are going to keep going. I just wanted to make a point that we do need to shift maybe locations by the end of September. So, you know, if by the end of September we get like a million listeners, maybe we can change that around. Maybe. But either way, we're going to keep doing Fan Bros because this this show runs on the power of connection between our topics, us as people, and the importance that this community needs to have a voice. And this voice is rising. Like, it's out there. Our show tonight is going to reflect that. But I'm really happy to say that Fan Bros is part of a much larger movement, and we are one of the spearheads of this incredible movement where people of color are not just being thrown in the same old boxes that the same old demographics even with all the bs that's going right now you know i really feel like trambers is at the cusp of a new definition of what people can be Mm, wow very profound right there kim sony and i like that i like that Mm -hmm. fan show the voice of the urban geek bringing you that deep thought so like i said before like us on Facebook. Leave comments on iTunes. Subscribe, subscribe. on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Fo- yeah, follow SoundCloud. Yeah, either way, follow, follow subscribe, us. do all that stuff. Leave comments. Hit us on Twitter, at Show. Tell us how much you love the show. Tell your friends how much you love the show. Tell your enemies how much you love the show. That's it. Yeah, word up. We got a huge show ahead of us, so we're going to take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Hey, Chico Leo, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to subscribe to Fan Bros. Fan Bros? What's that? Oh, it's the voice of the urban geek. The voice of the what? The voice of the urban geek. That sounds so cool. How do I follow that? Uh, you can go to iTunes or Twitter or the in- or the internet at large and, t- and look for Fan Bros Show, and you can like... You can subscribe, and you can watch a lot of Star Wars. Chico Leo, do you use the internet a lot? And welcome back, fan bros, to another awesome episode. It's your girl, Tatiana King-Jones, along with DJ Ben Amin and Kipsonian. And this week, we are welcoming a very special guest. We have Miss Jamie Broadnax in the house. You know Jamie also as Black Girl Nerd on Twitter better known as the creator of blackgirlnerd.com, which is an online community for nerdy women of color. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Miss Jamie Broadnax. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I Thank like you. that. Hey. We good. We chilling. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on Fan Bro Show today. We're really happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. That's an honor. Aw. So, Pleasure. So I just want to start off just right away with Black Girl Nerds. For those who don't know, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Black Girl Nerds is an online community where black women and women of color can just embrace themselves and um, really just open up and feel comfortable with their various eccentricities and quirky selves. So um, it initially started off as just a blog of my personal musings. Mm -hmm. Um, Never had intended it to be an online community. It just sort of evolved that way. And um, I I first started the site by just going on Google one night. Mm -hmm. um, And I typed in the term black girl nerds. 
Um, just because I was really curious to know if there was any kind of content, any sort of place in cyberspace that spoke to women of my ilk. And um, I didn't see anything come up in Google. And uh, I went through the relevant searches, you know, when you keep clicking mm -hmm. and you go from page to page. And I did stumble onto a Yahoo Answer site. And on the Yahoo Answer site, you know, people ask random questions and mm -hmm. random people answer them. Um, someone asked, do black girl nerds exist? And I just thought, wow, that is bananas. Wow. Like, like do I, unicorns exist. I feel unicorns. Like, yeah, I live in folklore somewhere, like down a castle in a far, far away land. It's like um, every question ever has always has already been asked and answered on Yahoo Questions. Like, yeah, every <laughs> question answers, that you yeah. could ever imagine has already been answered on there. Yeah, yeah. But funny thing was, like, that was the loneliest post ever. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> answered the question. Wow. <laughs> so um, just that coupled with the fact that I couldn't find any kind of content on the web, I was just like, I'll just go ahead and create a blog with that title just so I can put an imprint on cyberspace with that term. And um, that's how it got birthed. It got birthed that, that same night. And um, over time, folks would email me and say, hey, I really like your blog. I'd like to contribute. Mm -hmm. So then um, more writers were interested in telling their stories. So it evolved from being a blog about just me being me, which would be really boring, um, to it being about different perspectives and, um, you know, folks, uh, different opinion pieces on various subjects. And the beauty of Black Girl Nerds is it's not just a nerd-centric site. Uh, we talk about a lot of social issues, which I think is incredibly important when you're a woman and a woman of color, is to not dismiss things like, you know, misogyny and racism. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we talk about those social issues, um, not only on the blog, but on the on the podcast. So it's it's um it's been a pretty interesting and unique community and um, really excited about it. So how long has BGN been going on? How many years now? Uh, two years, a little over two. It started in February of 2012. So, and, yeah. And so you just mentioned that, you know, not only do you talk about nerd culture from, from, from the perspective of women of color, but you also touch on social issues. Um, mm -hmm. So the biggest social issue right now, um, definitely within the black community, has been the, the issue of Ferguson and Mike Brown. Right. So and we've seen you on Twitter be very vocal about it. Like you've done a lot of um, you've given a lot of support through mm -hmm. that whole issue. And, you know, you've been very outspoken about it. So tell me, like, how did you feel about the overall reaction from the Internet, the overall reaction from Twitter and then the action taken afterwards? Yeah. So, I mean, the action on Twitter was just really profound. I, I, I think we were basically watching history unfold right before our eyes because um, I remember that Saturday night, you know, when it was first put out there on social media about what happened. Mm -hmm. And my timeline was just flooded with tweets about, you know, this young unarmed black man was shot and everybody was like taking photographs of, you know, the crime scene, um, sadly. Uh, there was a lot of Vine videos coming up yeah. um, and just folks tweeting. And then I, well, I don't actually follow them, but I follow people that follow a lot of journalists. So um, people like um, Michael Skolnick was tweeting stuff. And um, and then a lot of the folks that were on the ground there, like Antonio French and, and Tef Poe on Twitter, 
um, was putting out a lot of information about what was happening as it was happening. And I just thought that that was really profound seeing that at the time. So I felt like, you know, I definitely needed to contribute to the conversation by retweeting and keeping folks aware because there were people that were following my account that didn't even know what was going on in Ferguson. And, um, you know, sadly, when it comes to stories about people of color, mainstream media just doesn't give a damn. They really don't care about us. Um, So social media is right now our conduit to getting our stories told. And I think it's really important what, I mean, basically Ferguson is sort of just been this moment in history where we can see the impact that social media has um, on, on news. And a lot of our news that we're getting is actually from Twitter as opposed to, you know, turning on CNN or yeah. reading the New York Times. Um, you, you really don't get that kind of information. And, and it's very unbiased information. I think that's something that's very important to, to point out because Associated Press got a lot of um, criticism from folks on Twitter for just putting out headlines that were just very biased and very slanted and um, not really getting the full story before putting things out on print. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I reacted the way everybody else was. I was upset. I was angry. I was also sad, um, very disappointed, you know, in our law enforcement and what they have been doing. And I just really wanted to put the word out there and let folks know that this is happening and and it's not right. Mm. So what do you feel is next for you with uh, the efforts to enact change and with black girl nerds? Yeah. So, I mean, what something that I just did personally, um, you know, I, I went ahead. I had a whole bunch of comic books in my stash. So I donated some comic books over to uh Jamie um, at the Way of the Ed on Twitter oh, yeah. uh, donated some some comics to her because she actually went out to Ferguson and uh, helped out a lot of the kids there. Um, but you know what I want to continue to do is just keep the conversation relevant, um, not have folks forget because I think we live in this you know time now, especially in the digital age where. Uh, something becomes very newsworthy. And then like two days later, we're like, okay, on to the next (laughs) news cycle. So I I think uh, just keeping it relevant and talking about it and not being afraid to have conversations about um, social injustice. And then also partnering up with um, other folks that are trying to work to talk about these issues. So like I mentioned to you guys before we went to air, um, at Film Fatal NYC, um, Rebecca on Twitter, uh, she does the weekly podcast Cinema Noir. She has just started a campaign um, to focus on uh, social justice issues in films. So tonight she's doing a live tweet of Fruitvale Station, um, the Michael B. Jordan film. So, um, you know, participating in things like that, um, I think, is just important. So that's what I've been trying to do on my side to help mobilize and give this information or give this issue the attention that it deserves. So um, I want to take it back for you personally on on the the nerd culture level. You have mm-hmm. once said in an interview with the website Women Write About Comics, you said, "quote It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I simply stopped caring what other th- what others thought." Mm-hmm. The beauty of nerdiness is that you don't have to conform. You can be your own person and express yourself freely, and that is actually cool. Yeah. So. You know, what was that moment like? Was that kind of an epiphany moment or did you already embrace that fact about you? 
Yeah, it was definitely an aha moment um, because, you know, I, as a kid, was into a lot of nerdy stuff and I didn't even know what nerdiness really was. I was just into a lot of fandoms that I guess now are called nerdy, but back then it was just, that was just cool stuff to be into. So, you know, comic books, uh, I was collecting sports cards, playing video games. Um, so as I got older, um, I got heavily influenced by peers, like most of us do when we get older, when we get into our teens and stuff, we want to fit in. Um, so that's what happened. And I kind of just pushed those fandoms aside and just kind of wanted to mirror what all of my other friends were into. Um, mm. And when I was in my 20s, I moved to New York City and was like, completely bedazzled and glamored by all things sex in the city. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I was coming up there trying to be Carrie Bradshaw and just going living. I lived in downtown Manhattan and trying to live that party girl life. And again, just trying to be somebody that I wasn't so I could fit in so I could be liked. Um, and I just didn't feel comfortable with who I was. I didn't feel comfortable with that identity. So it wasn't until I moved out on my own because um, I actually had roommates and stuff at, when I was living in New York. So I was kind of, you know, influenced a little bit by hanging out with them and being in their surroundings. So it wasn't until I actually finally had my own place by myself, a season of solitude, um, no friends, no family. I had relocated down south in North Carolina for a job. Um, so I didn't know anybody in this city. Um, it wasn't until then that I just had that season of solitude where I could just spend time with myself and just be like, okay, I really am into some really nerdy stuff and I'd rather just stay at home and be a bookworm and <laughs> watch CNN on Friday nights and I don't I don't yeah. want to go out like this and it's okay to be that. So you learn so to embrace yourself. I wanted to embrace myself and, and that that lack of conformity I think is a huge part of, of what it is to be a nerd. Um, I don't think it always has to be about being defined by fandoms, um, I think it also has to do with how you feel about yourself. And in my definition and the way I see it, lack of conformity is the big part of that. Definitely. That's something we were saying on here because we've been trying to define for people. Like we say we're the voice of the urban geek and we've been trying to define that. And I've been saying that it's not about black or white or any color or even being an urbanite or any of that. It's more about being like what Outcast said, like the outcasts or the people the people who don't exactly conform to norms, who stand mm -hmm. outside of the rest of society. So we're yep. right there with you. Yep, yep. And you mentioned a lot about fandom. Any fandoms that you're excited about uh, right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a TV geek, so I'm really excited about what's happening in TV right now. It's some really good shows. So The Strain, um, yes. big fan. Yeah, huge. Most I, definitely. I I got to read those books. Have you guys read the books? No, yet? no. I've, 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 I, and now it's kind of like with Game of Thrones where, like, now I don't want to read the books because, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm on the TV so hard that it's like I kind of don't want to mess it up. And I read enough comics, so it's like, uh, I don't know. I might just, yeah. you know, to the show I'm loving. It's such a great show. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really into that. Did you um, finish I'm True Blood? Are you a True Blood fan? I am. She I was am. hate watching with the rest of us. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Every week yeah. we would tweet about this. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I was, <laughs> I'm, I will say I am a fan, even though I am disgusted by what has happened with True Blood within the last couple of seasons. Yeah. I am always going to be a fan because it really was a great show when it first started. And I read the books yeah. as well. 
Um, so it's just really unfortunate that it took a downward spiral right after Alan Ball left. But um, but it, yeah, I, mean, he was I was key. there. When did he leave? Did he leave after season three? Because I thought the third. That's only have the first three uh, uh, DVDs. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the third one seven. is like that was like amazing season, and mm-hmm. then after that, I. <laughs> yeah, Billeth and oh gosh, oh, man, it's a mess. Is is like straight into the toilet bowl. Yeah, and it was so. <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> because when this last episode that aired, the final episode, when spoiler alert, um, Bill when he died. I felt no emotion. None. You were like, and, you were like, you so. I was mad at him. First of all, I was mad at him. A homeboy didn't take the the elixir, not the elixir, didn't drink the blood. Yeah. To be yeah. thing. I was like, so we did all this for you to be a, a asshole about it, and then, <laughs> and then you just died, and it's like bye. And and, bye, and, and hold on, and I, oh wow, and I do have one question though, because you were, you watched episode two, wasn't uh Suki supposed to use her power on him so that that way she wouldn't be attracted the vampires wouldn't be attracted to her anymore that's what he asked her earlier in the episode he was Suki? like yeah he was Suki like he barely like, knows how to use her damn powers but that's the <laughs> point if she if she uses her energy blast for the final time and kills a vampire with it then other vampires won't be attracted to her but she didn't do that she just staked them yeah well i thought he wanted her to use her powers to kill him yeah that's what i thought so her power would dissipate after yeah. that and if but she, she wouldn't didn't be do fa- that anymore, she didn't though. do that no. so basically Vampires are still all God. That shit. <laughs> I know. And Lafayette didn't speak. I'm mad. <gasps> yeah, yeah. It, I didn't. They they did us wrong on that show. They did Lafayette and Tara so wrong. Oh, Tara was just. I mean, I was just like, why? Why? And then you put her mom in it for like half the season. Like I care about her mom. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, that made no sense to me that all of a sudden the mom became the protagonist. <laughs> You know, she became the lead on the show. The mom and the rev. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? uh, And then this crazy redemptive storyline going on. I was just like, wow, you guys don't. I didn't care for her to be. I didn't need her to be redeemed because I didn't care about her, you know, fall in the first place. It's like. Exactly. Exactly. It was a hot mess of a show. I'm glad it's over. (laughs) It's it's a relief for all of us. It definitely (laughs) is. So, Jamie, Jamie, you are our favorite ranter, raver, geeker outer that uh, tweets constantly. And you are very good at, although you have a very large audience, you have over 22,000 followers, you still have a way of being having very intimate conversations and including everyone in the conversation um, itself. And the fact that BGN has spread so much, so much, in fact, that you got a shout out directly from Shonda Rhimes and Marie Claire. So how did that feel? Oh my gosh, that was bananas. I was not expecting that at all. At all. She when she first followed me on Twitter, I like jumped up around the apartment, ran around like six times, yelled at the top of my lungs. I know my neighbors were going like, "What is going on?" But um I was I was shocked and she had been following me for a while. Mm. Um and every now and then She'll tweet, and um, she she definitely scrutinizes my tweets because sometimes I'll tweet about just randomness, and you know she'll do an LOL, you know, in the replies, or she'll re- you know actually respond. I think I had mentioned something about never watching The Wire. Um, what? I, it's okay. I I'm, I've never I'm watched it either. You haven't? Yeah. I didn't notice. <laughs> I know. Oh, wait, hold, 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 hold on, Jamie. I you've know. never, still to this point, never seen The Wire. 
Never seen The Wire. Neither have I. It's you, okay. Neither, but neither is Shonda Rhimes. See? <laughs> well, I would say something, but I like Shonda Rhimes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I know Tatiana, so I can say something about her. What? Oh, man. I've never seen it to this day. I mean, it was just one of those shows that I just didn't get around to watching. It wasn't that I didn't want to watch it. And I didn't have HBO. And wasn't this like before HBO Go? It it doesn't matter. So I wasn't, it's not like I had access to it. And the sad thing is, and you get on me about not watching House of Cards. What was that? I get on him about not watching House of Cards. Uh, there's, there's like no, ain't no excuse for that. No, I'm just see, no, I, mean, I mean, maybe not, but y'all ain't seen the wire, so it's like, I know, you know, I know. there's no, no, no. I, uh, hold on, 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 hold on. A show with Kevin Spacey, a white man, as a lead, or a show with like the largest, greatest black cast in the history of television. Oh. Other and, than the Cosby Show. Make, why you have to make this about race, sir? Why do you always create a race card, sir? I know, you know, because I got to do that because I'm black. Well, yeah. Also, Twitter, for me, has helped um, influence my TV viewing habits because I got into House of Cards because of Twitter. Mm. Everybody on Twitter was talking about it, and I was like, what is up with this show that yeah. everybody's in love with? So that's how I got into House of Cards. The I watched... Wire, at the time, no Twitter, Twitter wasn't really even around, was right. it? When... No. Tw- Twitter yeah. started in 06, but no one was on it. Yeah, like, it, it, The it Wire last back, season yeah. was Twitter, like when Twitter first, first started, started popping, popping. yeah. 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 And it didn't yeah. even pop to 2008, Mm-mm. 2009. So anyway. Yeah. But, and it's yeah. sad because I actually know a lot of people that worked on The Wire because they filmed in, in Baltimore. And yeah. um, a lot of my friends, I, I'm in Virginia, um, but a lot of my friends that are actors um, actually worked on The Wire. Hell so yeah. What up, Big G? Shout out to Big G, as always. Yeah. Backyard band. Yeah, man. So I'm... I know, no excuse though. No, man. no, I mean, and I like House of Cards. I actually watched the first episode, and I'm, you know, working my way through it. But I mean, The Wire is just perhaps the greatest show in, you know, television history. I'm gonna get on it. Do it. Um. So recently, we had a guest on. I'm not sure if you heard this episode, but our guest, real life Kaz, he had a very interesting quote that I like to share with you. Mm-hmm. His quote was very simple, and it was to the point. It said, "Black people don't watch Star Wars." So, (laughs) she said, what? He explained further by basically saying the reason why, and and, and pardon me, Kaz, if I'm not getting your full intention on this, but the main reason why is because it didn't really fall in the realm of topics where regular black folks would have it in their repertoire. Like, say, unless it was, like, say, for instance, wrestling. A lot of people know about wrestling regardless of whether they're big fans or not. People, even rappers, make, you know, put, um, instances of 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 uh, wrestlers in their bars so he was saying because it's to him it's less um mainstream for black folks that he thinks that black people don't watch the words so all that being said what is your take on that comment i don't think he hangs out with a lot of black people oh shots fired you hear that at real life cast on twitter Yo, time <laughs> I gonna be in shambles. Wow. I, I mean, plan on doing a podcast um, in a few weeks about black diversity. Because um, I think, unfortunately, you know, we are the most stereotyped demographic, um, ethnic demographic. And, um, you know, there's a lot of closed mindedness about our community. And I think a lot of that is perpetuated by white supremacy mm. and um, mainstream media. So, unfortunately, because 
there's a very small sliver of representation of what it is to be black. There's a huge misconception, even amongst us, of what is, quote unquote, you know, black enough, um, regular black people as opposed to, you know, someone who's, quote unquote, an Oreo or whatever. So, um, I mean, I guess because I'm in a nerd community, it's easy for me to say I don't even know a black person who hasn't seen Star Wars. Mm. But, um, you know, it, it just bothers me when... You know, people want to just lump folks into um, a stereotype or into a box and assume that that's all that we're interested in. That's the only kind of music that we like. That's the only kind of books that we read, et cetera, et cetera, because there's a lot more to being black than just the stereotypes you see on TV. Most definitely. So, yeah, so, I mean, it just... When it when it comes to those kind of criticisms and, and a lot of black folks think that it's I don't know how to say it, but when it comes to those kind of criticisms, again, I mentioned this before, I really feel like white supremacy has a lot to do with keeping us in a box. And um, I mean, it goes even further with conversations about reality TV and the depiction of black women and media and all of that stuff. And that's a whole different podcast. But um, I just take a lot of issue with that because it's not us that's causing the problem. It's really um, white media that's making us look that way. Wow. Yeah, I think um, I, I mean, not like you like you said, you know, it's not just us that's causing the problem. Like we do our fair share of, you know, like like perpetuating it. Like when someone mm-hmm. like Kaz says, you know, black people don't watch Star Wars. Right. And a, a friend of mine once told me this quote and I'll never forget. I mean, he said it himself and he said, black people's biggest problem is that we spend all day trying to be black you know it's like we have to mm-hmm. there's like this thing we have to live up to you know and it's like like even on our own show when i told someone uh chico leo our other co-host that i grew up playing warhammer 40k he was like what you know because it's a mm-hmm. super nerdy thing yeah. and i'm like yeah dog like, i mean obviously i'm on fan show but even that was like he couldn't believe that i'd play warhammer and i'm like dog, i was addicted to warhammer like i painted miniatures all that you know so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it bothers me because why would you want to be put in a box? Why Mm. would you want to have, like, limits? Like, even when people argue about rock music and saying that it's white, no, it's not. No. We started rock music. Hello? We started pretty much every (laughs) form of (laughs) American music that there is, folks. Pretty much. Yeah, don't get it twisted. You know, when I um, I did a podcast about black women and heavy metal music, and I was getting like the side eye from people and, you know, some some tweets criticizing criticizing that. And it's just like, you really got to look at your history. You yes. really do. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, being black means so many things. Yeah. I mean, Most even definitely. now they don't know, like, I don't know if she's still doing it, but Jada has a metal band like Jada right. Pinkett. So yeah. she sure does. Jada yep. Smith. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break right here. And we'll be right back to wrap up this interview with Jamie. Hey, what's up, Internet? This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin. And don't forget, go on Facebook. Like us on there. Go to SoundCloud. Follow us on there. When you go over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a comment. And give us a rating, five stars, because we're that awesome. And welcome back, Internet. I hope you've been enjoying this episode so far and this awesome interview with Jamie Broadnax of Black Girl Nerds. 
And you know what time it is. It's time for the rap segment, the rapid fire questions. And we got Jamie in the hot seat today. <laughs> Are you ready, Jamie? Yeah. <laughs> so enthusiastic. <I'm> <laughs> well, we should not scared. There's no prep on these questions, so I have no idea what you're going to ask me. <laughs> uh, unless you've listened to like every other Fanbro show episode ever. So, you know. <laughs> no, no, she has not. So that's good. All right. Number one, Black Panther or Power Man? Black Panther. Nice. Falcon or War Machine? Falcon. Magneto or Professor X? Magneto. Mm. Martin or The Cosby Show? <laughs> the Cosby Show. What was that laugh about? <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I just, yeah, The Cosby Show for nostalgic reasons. Most definitely. Nino Brown or Scarface? Wow. Scarface. Wow. That's a Don't first, know. I think. That's first in a while that yeah. someone has said Scarface. Okay. All right. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Yes. Uh, Winner. You, you can't see them, but they're like saluting themselves, congratulating themselves. They're so happy and now whatever. <laughs> yep. Well, I guess this one. The Wire <laughs> or Breaking Bad? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Breaking Bad. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? The if, horror. If it was Breaking Bad against any other show, it would still be Breaking Bad. Not until you yeah. see The Wire. I'm going to let you know. I'm gonna really? It, look, look. Better I than Breaking Bad? I love Breaking Bad. I love it. It's a great show. It doesn't come effing close oh. to The Wire. The oh. Wire is Shakespeare. Oh. All right. What is your favorite film? Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, great one. Watched Good that one. twice in a row. First time I saw it. What's your favorite comic book or book? Um, comic book is Excalibur. Ooh, nice one. The old Excalibur, like the, the classic? The old Chris Claremont, Alan Davis. Davis. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Oh, man. Alan Davis used to do work on that joint. Yes. Man. And you could always tell the difference when they had another inker come in and do the work. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell is that? I think it's Paul Neary was his inker, I want to say. I think... I- think that's right who was like the best anchor for Alan I'm not sure if that's the right one though I don't remember the name but I'm just like it was it was very obvious mm-hmm. when you it. Mm-hmm. yep okay favorite tv show now that's a hard one uh Game of Thrones mm, all right what's your favorite Wesley Snipes film Passenger 57 like it. Always been on black. Always been on black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who would you or what would you cosplay as? Mm, that's a good one. I think I'll probably go with I'll probably go with Misty Knight. Oh. That's gonna be a real tight outfit though. But you, you gotta get the <laughs> uh she got a cybernetic arm now, right? Misty got the golden cybernetic arm. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know. yeah, she got a golden cybernetic arm now. Nice. And finally, if you can have any one superpower, what would it be? Tell uh, telepathy. Oh man, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to know what people are. You would, man. You I'm wanna... so glad people don't have telepathy around me. <laughs> <laughs> you like Mel Gibson and what women want? I'd be worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Jamie, that is it for the brap segment. You survived the brap. You survived Yay. the interview. Uh, let people know out there, where can they find you on the internets? 
Oh, okay. So you can find me at blackgirlnerds.com is the website where you get daily content from nerds of color all over. Um, also, I have many social media sites, so you'll always find me on Twitter. Twitter is like a little playground for me, so do a lot of live tweets of TV shows. I do a lot of ranting and raving on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, um, and we're also on Pinterest and Tumblr, Google+, whole nine. And then every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there is a podcast, and we recently partnered with TWIB. So uh, you can go to twib.me forward slash subscribe, and if you choose to do so, you can subscribe and uh, listen to our show um, on TWIB. Yes, shouts to This Week in Blackness and Elon James White. Yes, yes. All right, well, thank you very much. Anything else you want to say to the fans out there before you get out of here? Oh, just thank you so much, you guys, for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I really love what you guys do. And thanks for your support of the nerd community, you know, overall. It's it's needed. It's needed to see us um, being represented in this culture when uh, so many other nerd websites choose to dismiss um, black people when it comes to, to being a nerd. So um, good to see you guys doing podcasts and being relevant in social media and just putting it out there and just keep doing what you're doing. It's it's awesome. It's a beautiful thing to see our community growing like this. So Jamie Broadnax of Black Girls Nerd said we are relevant, super relevant. I feel like a big sister just said, you know, oh, you, you little kids keep doing what y'all doing. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all gonna grow up one Stop day. It. Stop <laughs> it. Y'all are doing y'all's thing. You got a studio and things. I don't even have a studio. Oh. I do my podcast out of my bedroom. We okay? might not have one much longer either. <laughs> once you hear the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Oh, All right. Well, thank you, Jamie. Thank you Thanks, so Jamie. much. Thank you for everything you have been doing on the Twitter. I, I mean, I didn't get to say it earlier, but thank you for all your efforts with Ferguson and everything, mm-hmm. because I've been just like you. I like I can't even I barely want to talk about comic books right now because I'm so damn angry. Yeah. So thank you, yeah. you know, for continuing to keep it out there, keeping it relevant and keeping people talking about it. Thank you so much. Yes. And thank you for supporting Fan Bro Show. Thank you for supporting the people of color and geek culture at large. Thank you for following me on Twitter because I love our little Twitter conversations. Hey, yeah, you can follow <laughs> oh, me yeah. too. Hey, I, I feel all left <laughs> out now. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> DJ Ben Amin, of course. <laughs> Okay, well, Come on. They said it like you don't know me. Yeah, Google <laughs> me and shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. And watch DJ the wire. Me? Oh, oh, we yeah, we got to talk about watch the wire. Jesus, oh, <laughs> you don't understand. I mean, I'm just telling you, JB. It, oh Lord, that show is so good. <laughs> so is it on Netflix? No. No. Oh, no. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. HBO Go. All right, there we go. HBO Go. Watch The okay. Wire. I got HBO. I'll watch it on HBO Go. Word. Okay. All right, Jamie. Once again, thank you for coming on and, you know, continued success and blessings to you. All right. Same to you guys. Thanks, Jamie. Peace. Take care. All right, and we're going to take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros. Hey, Fan Bros. This is Tatiana King-Jones. If you like comics, if you like movies, if you like games, if you like wrestling, if you like all of geekdom, then you must love Fanbro Show. Make sure you subscribe to us, rate us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and leave a comment. And welcome back, Internet. I hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fanbro Show. You know what time it is. It's time for us to get into the news of the week. Everything that's fit to print in geek news. 
news. Like I say all the time, even though we have no print. Because we're only on the internet on fanbros.com. The internaut. The internaut. No, I'm an internaut. You are the the first internaut of the internet. There we go. The first internaut of the internet. I'm like Buzz Aldrin, right? Aldrin. 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 That's just good. Pronunciation is fine. But you you didn't mess it up, though. No, there we go. But anyway, folks, it's time for the news of the week. And like everybody knows, just now passing was the Emmys. The 2014 Emmys just passed. The winners all happened. The losers. Yeah. First off, I just got to say something. The funniest thing to me from the Emmys was the moment when they're about to announce Best Dramatic Actor. And they say Brian Cranston's name. And the whole audience blows the hell up. They, I mean... <laughs> It's like they just scream and cheer, and they say his name first, too. And they scream and cheer, and then every other actor's name gets called. And it's like, <laughs> it was like the most obvious, like, y'all got no chance. But how does that feel to be the other actors? Oh. Where you're looking over at Brian Cranston like, Son. Five times, dog. You got to, like, how does it feel to be Matthew McConaughey in True Detective? And you only are going to be in it this one season. And you do the, probably the best acting job of your life. And Brian Cranston, who's, you know, at this point, I mean, doing still a, in you know, amazing job on Breaking Bad. Probably the reason why Breaking Bad is so highly regarded yeah. is Walter because White. Because of Walter White. But yeah. come on, Matthew McConaughey must have been sitting there like, mother. But mother. see, by next year, Breaking, Breaking Bad won't be, can't be eligible, right? So, it But Matthew just... won't be playing his character yeah. in True Detective. That's it. There's one season. It's over. But there's other people who want to win. I mean, yeah, but, you know, poor Matthew, that's, that was his chance. Hashtag poor Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like we said, Brian uh, Cranston took home, you know, yet another Emmy for the role of Walter White, the last time he'll take it home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breaking Bad cleaned up in general. Breaking Bad won for best drama yep. and best, like, everything else. Best screenplay, I <laughs> yeah. think, one episode got. They, I mean, they, uh, what's her name? One for best supporting. Oh, Skyler. Yes, Skyler. Um, Anna Gunn. Yes, much to the chagrin of most fans of the show, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean. It's a lot of haters for Skyler. You think the hate of Skyler is over? Like, now that this show has passed, everyone is now separating the character from the woman? I think the hate for Skyler was kind of like. I didn't like Skyler at all. Wow, because I was about (laughs) to say that was some, like masculinity you know like rearing its head but oh no there was mad including i mean i talked about this with other women there were mad women and mostly because we fell into that 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 glamour of of the of what walter white was he was that kingpin we fell into and we fell in love with remember you always after a while you was like he ain't shit walter white's a hoe that's fine but for us for people who still was with walter to the end is just like you know f scholar she messing up everything (laughs) walter white's a hoe and people who love him are you know i'm I don't know. What's the word for being pimped by a hoe? You know, I'm not, you know, because, yeah, you're you're falling into his trap. Like, no, Walter White was no good. That's the genius of that show is that you fall in love with somebody who's making the wrong who's decisions consistently. But you know what? If you're in that position, what you going to do? I'm going to get the job with my former company so that my family can have insurance <laughs> and live on and but, be taken but, care but, of after but, I but die. Ben, I'm I mean, not going to become a but ben, I mean, bin. You're thinking too rationally. If you really think about it, Walter White was the, one of the most irrational people ever. I didn't most say most emotional, crazed, emotionally yeah. crazy, all this other stuff. He's he smart and all this other stuff, but he was irrational. He was dying. But even after he found out he wasn't going to die no Walter more, he was still doing it. Was egotistical. Yeah. There is Walter's rise and fall yes. is his ego. Hubris. That's it. Hubris right. is Hubris. it. That's it. That's right. 
So, yeah, shout out to Breaking Bad. They won't be taking home anymore. You know, uh, Better Call Saul will be debuting next year, though. Yes. So, you know, who and, knows? And Walter White might make an appearance. Later on, because they, de- yes. they showed a trailer, a quick little trailer for it. And it's definitely even before Saul Goodman becomes Saul Goodman. Goodman. He has another name in the show before he takes on the persona of Saul Goodman. The persona, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I wonder if uh, if Huel's still in that safe house. <sighs> he's still sitting there. What if they have Huel as, like, a different actor, but he's, like, skinny? <laughs> You know, and like, <laughs> like and have him show like having an eating problem. Oh, so no, then like, you know, as the show no, progresses each season, no, he gets no, bigger. No, 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 that's too much. That's too much. That's jumping the track. That's too much. All that's right. Much. Well, anyway, uh, other news out of the Emmys, the our show, True Detective, did manage to snag one. Carrie Joji. Fukunaga. Thank you. Fukunaga is the winner for Who Goes There, which was the episode with the famous long tracking shot that everyone was going nuts over. That was, I've watched several times. It's, you know, an amazing piece of directing. So shout out to Carrie. Yeah. People, you know, the, they, w- I saw Twitter. Women were going crazy for Carrie, going yeah. nuts for his man braids. That 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 award was for outstanding director for a drama series. And the funny thing is that you mentioned the man braids. They started Photoshopping the man braids on the other people, including Matthew McConaughey. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was pretty damn funny. I believe it. Uh, other news out of the Emmys: Netflix did not Yo. get uh, not. Uh, oh, but can we? Orange is the New Black. I mean, not not. Orange I mean, Netflix. Or- not one Netflix show won an Emmy. Period. Oh. Now, granted, Orange is the New Black Black won a few Creative Arts awards, which and are part of Crazy the Eyes. Emmys. Crazy Eyes won a Creative Art slash Emmy award, but it wasn't like the. Oh, okay. The yeah. you know Sunday Emmy uh, uh Monday Emmy awards so they won nothing House of Cards won nothing basically Netflix got shut out. So did um the other black Orphan Black right Orphan uh Orphan yeah, Black didn't Orphan win anything. Orphan Black didn't win anything and we talk about that on Special Delivery all the time. This lady is playing six Tatiana Maslany. She's like killing it and Emmys y'all are just disrespecting. That's all I can say about that. I mean it's it's like complete disrespect that she's not even nominated was she? What the. Game of Thrones didn't get anything. Game of Thrones didn't get nothing. Wow. Yeah, that's a big, big deal. Wow, damn. They probably yeah. clean up next year, though. Yeah, I'm sure. I think this was like the final, you know, Breaking Bad, you're going off the air, so here's all the awards. You know, I think that was what this was about. But damn. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Uh, speaking of Netflix, though, um, got some news today that the Netflix Daredevil series and all the series that they're actually working on, which is like, the Luke Cage series, a Power Man, well, that's Power Man's an Iron Fist series, a Jessica Jones, uh, aka Alias series, all will connect to form a Defender series and will probably intersect with the Marvel movie universe. Son, if they could pull that off. Yeah, they're not playing right now. It seems like everyone is on this, like, not playing. We're trying to make the biggest universe ever. Right. You know what? Forget about if. When are they going to pull this off? Well, Daredevil launches next year in 2015. They haven't said about the rest of the shows. Mm. But Daredevil, I think, is coming early next year. They say it's to be much darker than the movie, more closer like to the, the Frank Miller. actually good. Well, it had its moments. Much the Daredevil mm. movie is possibly the worst superhero yeah. movie ever made. Save for the Fantastic Four movie, which Save was... Save for Elektra. Electra which w- basically was Daredevil Part 2. Yeah, yeah which and Ghost Rider. There's a lot of bad superhero movies, folks. Yeah, but Ghost Rider, I don't, I don't know. It's terrible. It's, it's I've tried horrible. But, that's, but it's, no, it's different. It's, it's different. It's, it's, it's that guy. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's Nick Cage. Nick Cage, he... 
he it's had Nick the right. It's, it's Nick not Cage. Marvel running it. Yeah. Like Daredevil was kind of Marvelish. No, but it was not Marvel Studios. This is still before. And no, it was they before got the right, Yeah, they got the rights back now right, with right, Daredevil. Right. So, That's why yeah. it's going to be better. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, this is definitely going yeah. to be much better than that. There's good, there's bad, and then there's Nick Cage. So yeah. that's just another level. It's just not you can't even explain good or bad with that. So true, indeed. I, I like that good, bad, or Nick Cage word. Um, <laughs> we should use that as a qualifier. <laughs> In other Marvel news, Donald Glover is finally getting his chance to play Spider-Man, folks. Oh, oh man, you know, let me put some applause right there or something because geez, it's been a long time coming. Donald Glover will be playing Miles Morales on a upcoming episode of web warriors yeah on disney dx okay so the animated xd xd sorry disney xd on the uh so it's an animated series yep and miles will be playing i mean donald glover will be playing miles who is the alternate world spider-man he's actually at this point in the comic books he's the ultimate universe of spider-man yes. and they had a crossover recently where he met peter parker so i guess this is like the animated version of that where one of them will cross over to the other dimension to meet the other Peter Parker, because Miles and his dimension took over after Peter, Peter Parker, Parker was killed. Killed, right, right, right. Yeah, so yeah, the clip they have online shows Peter Parker in Miles's world, and Miles, I think he's like fourteen, or he's like really yeah, young. he's he's mm -hmm. high school. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh my god, you don't know what happened. to He's telling Peter Parker, you don't know, you don't what, know happened what happened to, to you? Peter Parker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is dope. Yeah, that's yeah, straight out the cool. comics. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. I think they're they're taking the comics and putting it uh, to the cartoon. All right, well that's it for TV news. But since we're talking about comics, it's time for Comics I Copped. That's right, folks. It's been a few weeks, man. I, it's a lot to, going on, but I'm just going to get right through it. Original Sin has one more issue, the uh, storyline, the big Marvel crossover, written by Jason Aaron. One more issue to wrap up. The latest issue came out a few weeks ago. Nick Fury seems to be the bad guy, but in this issue it's revealed that he didn't actually kill the Watcher. Oh, man. Original Sin... <laughs> Let's compare it to Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron was just straight terrible all the way through and never had any hope of wrapping up, you know, like where I was like, it's going to wrap up and, you know, everything will come together. Well, Original Sin, it started off really great, and it just, I don't know. It's like both of these books, like Age of Ultron last summer, it introduced way too many dope ideas and never followed up on them. Original Sin didn't introduce that many, like, different ideas. It was just more of a murder mystery, who killed the Watcher. Mm -hmm. But it just, something about it just I don't know. They got one issue left. The art by Mike Diodato is still some of the best art you'll find in a book on the stands today. So I'm not completely done with it. I'm praying that somehow this last issue makes it all worthwhile. But so far, I don't know. I do want to give a big shout out to Mighty Avengers by Al Ewing. I've talked about it before. They're about to relaunch it as Falcon and the Mighty Avengers. People go buy that damn book. Also, of course, Tet Jacket, Hari Randolph, you know, our guest on last week's show. Crazy book written by Robert Kurtman. Second issue's out on stands. Fan bros have been tweeting me, telling me to check out Storm. The, she got a new series, Storm of the Etchman. It's yes. written by Greg Pak, who's the author of Worldwide, I mean, World War Hulk and a great run on Hulk. The Planet Hulk run is legendary run in Hulk universe. And now he's writing a new Storm series where she's like, she got the Mohawk back. And she's playing more of a tough girl role in it. I read the second issue. I didn't check out the first. The second issue, was it was cool. I, I need to see more from it so far. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm I'm reading it because it's Storm, you know, and I love Storm. So, you know, I'm going to see. But not blown, blown away by it yet. 
But I do have to say one other book that hit the stands this week, Multiversity Number 1 by Grant Morrison. Uh, it's it's a limited series that's been like, I think, two, three, four, five years in the making. I can't tell you. Grant Morrison is one of those dudes who be like, oh, yeah, I'm writing this book, Multiversity, and then it comes out like five years later. But it's – I can't even describe to you what the hell Multiversity is about. It's one of – it's Grant Morrison being Grant Morrison. If you know his work. He does really huge, mind-bending stories. And issue one features a black Superman who also happens to be the president. There's a black Wonder Woman in it. Uh, Captain Carrot makes an appearance. It is, it's ridiculous and insane and everything that comic books should be. Like, I'm a Grant Morrison stan, so I always big him up. But sometimes, you know, he's I wouldn't say he's hit or miss, but sometimes it's like, oh, what the hell is this? And then sometimes it's like it's like multiversity where it's like, oh, what the hell is this? But it's dope as hell. So, yeah, pick up multiversity. It's in stores now. Fresh, dope comic. Grant Morrison, you know how it goes. And I think that's about it for Comics I Cop this week. Nice. All right. So you know what time it is for my favorite, second favorite segment of the show. Tech Talk with Tatiana. And I have some very interesting news today in the world of technology. First, let's talk about Apple. I'm not sure why they want to do this or why they're even bringing this entry, but there are big rumors that Apple will release a 12.9-inch iPad. For those that don't know, right now Apple has a 9.7-inch iPad, which is the normal iPad you all, you all know and love, and a 7.9-inch, which is the mini. But the rumors are stating that they're going to go to production with an even bigger iPad 12.9 inches basically 13 inches which is basically a regular standard laptop I mean Mac used to have a 13 inch laptop they discontinued yeah. it a few years ago but they used to have a standard 13 inch laptop so they're just bringing it back as an iPad now yeah now obviously if they're definitely going to do this this is not this is not going to be released until early 2015 or springtime that's usually a release date for that but that also would coincide with the fact that um on September 9th when they do their uh, iPhone event they're going to release the or talk about the 4.7 inch and the 5.5 inch iPhone so i'm just sitting here like i thought everything was supposed to get smaller yeah. like, in general in technology so now we're going bigger yeah because it's like people you know they're trying to compete with the samsungs the androids or whatever the world you know could be by these big ass you know damn near notebook phones in their pocket <laughs> yo people look ridiculous <laughs> yeah especially they, when they're like talking on it and you're actually holding I it to their head i still laugh at the ipad photographers like oh are yeah. you serious they, right yeah. now you can't i mean those samsung joints like use the the headphone jack yeah. or something because it looks like it's like hiding your face or something when you're when you're talking on it my thing is you know while while the while the tablet market isn't going away it's not dying by any means it is slowing down it's having a cooling off effect right now a lot of analysts are saying even for apple they were like you know y'all not selling as many as y'all used to and that's because honestly the market's saturated by at this point pretty much everyone or every other person has a tablet and a lot of people are happy with it. just comes to a point where you're just happy with the one you have. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't necessarily need the latest one. So, getting an even larger one, I'm not sure if that's going to be helpful or going to be um, the seller. Tatiana, I have a question. Where yes, do you sir. think that what is the future of the function of the tablet besides, uh, I guess, sort of entertainment? Like, I guess mm -hmm. it's books, it's surfing the web, it's watching TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's books. The, 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 the obvious, the main reason for it was because they wanted it to be a replacement for things like laptops and computers and things right. like that. You wanted that mobility there. But for, for me, I always thought, you know, they would stick to the smaller format just because now you have things like wearables, like wearable watches, where you want everything to be able to link up to each other. So to me, it's kind of counterproductive to 
introduce a large format tablet and then you have all this other stuff going on it might be a waste of time but then again this is apple and people buy anything from apple so have you heard about um smart surfaces have you heard about like like so what's the how long do i have to wait before i can like dial my table or your mirror (laughs) yeah yeah, 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 i've heard that's coming like in the next year i mean the technology is already here Here. it's just not in the consumer market You, you know it what it needs is not just just it needs quick adoption and the only way to be quickly adopted is there's that killer app that mm-hmm. everyone likes to use that phrase but if there's that one usage or that one app that makes it relevant for just the majority of people like you said being able to dial on your table for instance but it has to be easy enough and maybe already integrate with uh, devices you already own that's right, right. so the easier the, the lower the barrier to entry the faster you're going to see something like that let me say something real quick. This is kind of tech related. I finally hooked my Xbox and my uh, HDMI up with the TV, the Xbox One with the TV mm. with the cable, and so now I can talk to my Xbox and tell it to change channel. Nice. Yo, I feel like such a G <laughs> fan, bros. Let me <laughs> tell you, <laughs> when you were sitting there in front of your TV and you're like, "Yo, Xbox, watch ESPN," and then it does, and then you're like, "Yo, Xbox, play Titanfall," and it does. <laughs> you're like, "Xbox, and watch Netflix," and it does. <laughs> Like a G, like that is the greatest thing that Xbox has done so far. Wait, oh can, my god! But can you whisper, or are you like just yelling at yourself? I'm, I'm straight up yelling, yelling at myself he's in my so room. So excited! He no, just... no, because that damn thing can't so hear me. At least, the, <laughs> at least the neighbors know what the fuck you're doing. You're like Xbox Pornhub.com. Oh. <laughs> the neighbors are like, Yo, oh. shut it down. Not again, man. Oh. Every Could you night. Imagine? Could you imagine if I talk back to you like that? Like, I mean, son, you watched this last night. <laughs> Shall I bring up the same link? <laughs> We're gonna make a video about that. For oh us. God! So funny. All right, is that it for tech news? Um, just one more quick thing. This yep. is kind of sort of tech, kind of sort of comic. I copped. We found Batman. He lives in Japan, apparently. Yes, yes, he does. He was riding his scooter <laughs> down the goddamn highway. <laughs> Wait, he's not a scooter, dude. He made like he was on a Vespa or something. Right, he Listen, was on no, the, he was on the bat pod. Bat pod, basically yes. bat cycle type thing. I don't know who this guy is. No one knows who he is. There's no explanation of why he's out here. But there's video and picture that came out this week, and everyone's going nuts on Twitter about it. This guy is dressed in full Batman regalia, and he—he's he, Batman. I mean, he is—he is—he got the pose down. He's on the bat. The cape, like, yeah, the cape flowing like in the, the real wind. Cape? Everything. Salute to whoever you are, dude. You are doing it big out there in Japan on the Chiba Expressway. Yo, I gotta live in Japan, man. Word. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'll have to make a bad joke, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> so moving on from tech news, we do have some big film news this week. I got to talk about this, folks. Mike Epps is playing Richard Pryor. What? Yeah. How did that happen? I'm so not seeing that. I yo. know. What? The funny thing is, like, this is like 15 years that Mike Epps has been angling for this role. Yeah, he's, he's definitely. I've heard about this for so yeah. long. Like, Mike Epps. And every time it came up, it was like, no. And then Nick Cannon started smoking cigarettes and using his left hand oh. in an effort to become, you know, more Richard Pryor-esque so he could get the role. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a method actor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, Nick Cannon didn't get the role. And he's also getting a divorce. That's oh. what he's getting. Not they don't. Maybe, maybe not. They're separated right now. I'm just wondering, did Mariah leave him because he doesn't have enough dick? Uh, I mean, you know, Richard Pryor did. <laughs> 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 you know? Did I just like straight fall into that dumb shit? You did. 
That was like the oldest fucking joke. In the- you fell for Woo, it. Woo, and it worked. Yeah, so Mike Epps is playing Richard Pryor in a film directed by Lee Daniels of Lee Daniels the Butler. Yeah, um, this is not looking good on paper. Man, <laughs> you know, Oprah's producing. Uh, oh, damn. I thought that I mean, might. I, 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 see, produ- <laughs> wait, time out. Production doesn't really got mean too much. To do with it it yeah. got nothing to do with the writing, the direction. It does. You just give the money. She's, no, she's going to make sure that the script is a certain way. Yeah. But I think they're working well, with his Well, if she does, wife, then I feel right? better about it. Yeah, they're working, they're working with, Richard's with, his, wife. with Richard's One of his wife. wives. One, yeah, right. I mean, if the she's going to really though. be that involved, then I feel better about it. Yeah, I, I mean. I'm Richard Pryor. I, I don't feel good about Mike Epps being Richard Pryor, which is the whole basic premise. So, I don't but know. this one of those things where I don't think there'd be anyone they could have cast where I would have been like, yes, because That's Richard true. Pryor is Richard Pryor. That's true. There's He's no... been on film too much. You know him. You see him. You know, it's one of those. It's gonna be very difficult. But I'm, you know, yeah. I, I pray that this works out because I'm such a Richard Pryor fanatic, and I don't want to see some mess on the screen. So, Mike Epps. You hear from DJ Ben, I mean, make it happen, brother. Somebody else who is making it happen is Guardians of the Galaxy, which bounced back and is number one at the box office again. Boo-coo bucks. In a move that hasn't happened, I can't remember the last time a movie dropped out of the number one spot and then jumped Jumped back back into it. You know what that means? The other movies are whack. Uh, And it also means that the other movies flopped, like Sin City 2. We have perhaps the greatest quote ever in Fanbro's show history I right love here. This quote. Oh my God. Eric Lomas, the Weinstein Company's head of theatrical distribution, said this. We weren't prepared for this level of rejection by the public. We thought the film would resonate more. It's like the ice bucket challenge without the good cause. What a dumbass statement. Yo, First I'm like, off. Eric, like, bro, you already <laughs> lost. Like, how are you going to come out lost. there and be like, yo, you. Your public, yo, y'all hating, you know, it's like. <laughs> you lost, sir. Like, you failed twice, but that was the greatest quote ever, bro. Guardians like, win, you lose. Man, you know. Were you? Did you see Sin City 2? What? You know, does a bear, no, no, hell no, I didn't see <laughs> Sin City 2. What would I be going to see? No, a, a sequel like 10 years later? Right, and I think that's his problem. He doesn't, I think the most obvious reason that he's clearly not getting it's been too far gone. Yeah. It's way too much. I mean, and in, in the interim, you've had so many superhero movies, movies, comic movies. You've seen so many things like 300 and all that other stuff that, that go to to what Sin City is doing. And Do now, it better. It's like, right, doing yeah. it better. Like, And now you want to bring out. At the time two? when I first saw Sin City, I thought it was like the greatest comic book adaption ever made. You know, it's like perfect to the panels of the book. The way they, you know, even took stuff that's on the panel and then animated it into the movie was so well done. That was very well done. But I agree with you. But I didn't need to see another one. That's that's how I felt. Like I was like, that's, that's perfect. It's too. good. I don't need to see another one. And it looks like the rest of the world felt the same way because that joint flopped. And you know what, Ben? I mean, you're like an ice bucket challenge without the good cause. Oh man, that's such a dumbass <laughs> statement he made, man. That's something like homeboy on uh, Cosby Kids would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, yeah, the Cosby Show. Like exactly. you, like stool in the summertime. No, class. yeah. Ice bucket challenge without the good the calls. Right. Yeah, too bad for that. Sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy though, four hundred eighty nine point five million made worldwide. Shout out to Marvel for taking a chance on that and winning. Uh, you got to tell me about this next bit of news, Tatiana. Yes. Yeah, so, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if you know, but Arnold has this. Um, it's already been released independently. And the uh, in the festival circuit, but he Word? Has, yeah, but he has a zombie movie coming out. Maggie, 
Huh? Maggie is the name of the Maggie's zombie. Maggie's the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> yes, the zombie movie name is Maggie. And um the, the 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 picture tells a story about a deadly zombie virus that has spread a plague across the world. Yada yada yada, you heard this before. Um it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Abigail Breslin, uh, and Joey Richardson. And Abigail plays the the title character of Maggie, if I'm not mistaken. Um yeah, oh, yep. She she prepaid, she portrays Maggie, which is a vivacious young woman who becomes infected. Ah. So um, the reason why this is big news right now is because uh, Lionsgate actually brought the rights to distribute this apocalyptic thriller, is what they're calling it. But um, apparently the studio made this deal um, right before this is supposed to screen at the Toronto International Film Festival. Okay. So, so it's about to drop on a film festival circuit. So it must have, you know, like good buzz about it if they're already buying it. But like... How old is Arnold? And he's not playing a zombie? He's, uh, as far as these pictures are concerned, he's not playing a zombie. He has a beard, so he does look old. Yep. And he looks like he might be playing her dad. Because the way could, the picture looks, he looks very paternal, so. He could be a zombie with not much makeup at this point. Uh, this this sounds awful, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I got don't more know. hopes for this than the Richard Pryor movie. I'll uh, say that. You know what, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Toss up. Richard Pryor or Arnold Zombies? Yeah, Arnold. Well, if he becomes a zombie, then I'm checking for it. Oh, mo- oh my God. But if, if he's not a zombie, I have to make a correction. It was supposed to be released at the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, but because Lionsgate bought the rights, uh, they have removed it. it oh, okay. So they're really like, nah, we about so to make So now this it's going to be released early next year in the theaters. Nice, nice. All right. Well, big up to Arnold. You know, I like to see him doing different stuff, even at this late in his career. You know, go ahead for it. Can I shout out one film that I saw a trailer for today? Yes. It's called Exists. Uh-huh. This is, okay, it's, it's hear me out. This is the guy who directed the Blair Witch Project. Okay. So it is another found footage type film. Yeah. Which is the POV of, you know, people exploring stuff. And it's Bigfoot. <sighs> and it's just called Exists. The trailer has one or two shots, of course, like for half a second, that are kind of bugged out. Mm. But it does, for the most part, look like an episode of Finding Bigfoot on Travel Channel or whatever. We're not over the found footage look yet. Oh, hell no. No, no. Hollywood ain't over cheap. Yeah, and actually, I think there's like five other films that are found footage (laughs) horror films that are out right now. But I just want to (laughs) say the title exists. And how that connects to Bigfoot is like there's a huge gap <laughs> between <laughs> between that title and the fact that it's a Bigfoot horror movie. But I do like the idea that Bigfoot is like ripping people apart because I feel like he's he's portrayed as like this cuddly dude or that people make fun of him. Yeah. No, Bigfoot should be ripping that 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 arm off. Definitely. You know I mean? And uh, I, as much as I could care less about most found footage fo- movies these days, I do have to say the Blair Witch Project, the first time I saw Classic. it. Classic. The very first some, one. Only. Was some damn creepy mess. And yeah. that ending shot of dude standing in the corner to this yes. day is like, oh, God, that's so I'm not creepy. sure it was the first, but it was the most relevant found footage movie at of its time. Yeah, definitely. And so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah it's a template. It's the grandfather. It, it, yeah. Most yeah. definitely. All right. So I guess that's it for the news of the week this week. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode of Fan Bros. What's up, y'all? It's Kaz, editor-in-chief of TheStash.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RealLifeKaz. And when I'm not throwing any slander on these internet streets, I'm listening to the Fan Bros Show. And welcome back, internets. I hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show. We're here to wrap it up. Shout-outs to our guests for the evening. 
Jamie Broadnax of Black Girl Nerds. Love you. Thank you for coming on the show. Got a few quick points we got to let the fan bros know about. Like you heard before, the Hustle Bowtie Contest is now live. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Finally. Shout out to Carly Hustle, who has provided us with one of her Hustle Bowties for giveaway. Yo, look, this joint costs $50 in the store. $50. All right. On the internet. Wait, what? Yeah, it's yes. a serious. This is a serious. Piece. How come I didn't get one? Yo, how do, none of us got one, and we're giving <laughs> away one to the Fan Bros Show. This might be our biggest contest ever. It is a fifty dollar. It is dope as hell. I want a bow tie for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us got one, but we are giving you one. It is too fresh. So go to fanbros.com, enter the contest, read all the rules, then all enter the, the contest. Rules. On fanbros.com, win yourself a hustle bow tie by at the Carly Hustle, owner of Hustle Bow Ties. Word. Thank you, Carly. What else we got before we out here? As always, we always tell artists out there, you like to draw? Well, we want to be drawn. Hit us up at contact at fanbros.com. Send us your pictures, your drawings, your sketches of DJ Ben Amin as a crazy Sith Lord. Sketch me as a superhero. I like capes. I like the color blue. Do something. There we go. We still need some fan art of Kimsonian. Of no, Chico no, we Leo. don't. <laughs> no, we don't. All right. Well, we, need, me. we need Chico Leo, the Chewbacca, the Internet, the Herald of Black Jesus. We need, you know, we need some more fan art. I've, I've been done up as the Butcher of Names, the Captain Kirk. I'd like a Petey Green of the Internet's one. That'd be nice, you know. Mm. If anyone who knows the Petey Green reference, you know, I'd like that. But like we said, hit us at contact at fanbros.com. When you're on fanbros.com, you know, you can go to the Fanbros shop. Yes. Get yourself some T-shirts, some throw pillows, Ooh, la, la. iPod cases, all that good stuff. I love everyone. If you do buy anything off there, a sticker even, take a picture of it, Instagram it, at Fanbros Show. Let us know that you bought it. You know, show us. We'll post you on the Instagram. We'll put you on Twitter. It's dope. Yes, sir. And always. We need donations. Yes, we do. <laughs> you heard the beginning of the show already, so you know you know what's going on here, folks. Hit that donate button. If you don't buy anything off the shop, just go hit the donate button. Help us out. Give us a dollar. And always. Oh, so, my God. Hey, hey, a dollar a day. You know, you, you give us a dollar a day, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy there. And always do remember, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Like us on Facebook. We need those likes. We need your community. We need to grow. So we can take over the world. So I can sit here and be like, I'm rich, fan bros. I'm not even doing this show anymore. Ha ha. Get out of here, <laughs> Nah, nah, that's Get, not going to happen. Nah, that, nah, 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 nah. That's Nick Cage right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's Nick Cage Good, right bad, there. or Nick Cage. Yes. I, I, went, I went Nick Cage you right there. You definitely want Nick Cage on that. But I have just a couple more shouts I want to give. Yep. Salutes to Samus Music, who last week released her new, new brand new video for Power Up. It's a dope joint. Dope. Dope. She, I peeped it today. It's I, you know, I'm not even gonna ruin it. You you need to watch this video, so please watch it on YouTube. You can find her by typing in Samus with two M's. That's S as in Sam. A M M U S. Samus music, and also salutes to Maya Glick, who is on her way to Texas. Actually, she's actually going to do start principal shooting for Rain, her fan film. Um, for those who don't know about it, she has had two successful Kickstarter campaigns for this: a fan film about Storm. Um, from X-Men, and uh, it's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Most definitely, yeah. Shout out to her. You know, we're going to have her on the show very soon. 
Once again, I want to give a big shout out to Boss Struck, Jay Cyanide, Mio Manifesto, anyone who's come up to me in the past few weeks and been like, you know, we love you for Fan Bros Show. Boss Struck came up to me at the party I was doing Friday and was like, the Juno Diaz episode changed his life. So I'm waiting to hear this whole story wow. because he told me it changed his life. He's like, yo, the way I talk to my girlfriend now is different because of that episode. So Boss Struck, hit us up. I want to hear this whole story. You might have to post this on fanbros.com or something. Anything else before we get out? Yeah, um, I think next episode I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in on Star Trek. But what are you going to say? I'm going to tell you why Star Trek is actually the premise of Star Trek is horrible. And it's depressing. And Tatiana, when you hear what I have to say, you will agree. False. Fan Bros. Fan Bros.